0: Welcome to the next episode of American Filmmaker. On this episode, we are going to talk to Dr. Hari al And I've known Hari since I was a kid, so this is one of the most trusted medical resources I know. We're going to talk about CBD. CBD and hemp-derived CBD is one of the subjects in my new documentary film titled American Hemp. I'm still working on the documentary, so this episode is just part of the research of the film. Welcome, Dr. Hari Island. How you doing, Josh? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time with this controversial issue, and I think it's really important that people hear directly from doctors' mouths who are using CBD to help treat different ailments that some of their patients uh, might have. So I grew up with Hari as a kid in Carbondale, Illinois, and then as we kind of got our educations and decided to go our different ways, I became a filmmaker and Hari became a doctor. When I was making my stoner comedy, My Friend's Rubber Ducky, I asked Hari to be Guru Harinana. And so Hari was actually in one of my narrative films as an actor. So the first thing I want to know is, could you describe yourself as a doctor? What's a normal day for you? And what kind of procedures you do in your practice in Fort Wayne?
1: Uh, yes, Josh, I would definitely consider myself a uh, doctor, uh physician. Um, I work in interventional spine uh, and pain. Uh, basically, my day consists of seeing patients and performing um, certain interventional uh, procedures uh, to treat pain, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, some of those procedures involve epidurals, um, rate uh, pr- uh, procedures called radiofrequency ablation, where we... Uh, we deaden or get rid of uh, painful nerves in the body, uh, as well as uh, spinal cord stimulation and uh, kyphoplasty even to repair a fractured uh, vertebra.
0: What is an epidermal or epidermis? So uh, great question.
1: Uh, It's called an epidural, and it's oftentimes confused or or overly associated with labor and delivery when we hear of women getting uh, what's called an epidural. Uh, That's quite different. That's what we'd call a spinal epidural, um, uh, more invasive and designed to uh, block all the nerve roots at that level and below um, so that there's no pain felt, especially during uh, delivery. Uh, The epidurals that we perform are actually um, a bit more superficial and designed to uh, reduce inflammation around nerves that are pinched or irritated uh, in the body and and are extremely safe and and are done quite frequently uh, here in the United States.
0: So, can you tell me about what it's like to practice medicine in Indiana? Healthcare is a big issue in the United States, and you know, in all of the elections and all of that. And so, can you just tell me kind of the unique flavor of healthcare in Indiana?
1: Um. Yeah, practicing healthcare in Indiana is uh, is great. I think. Um, it has its share uh, of strengths and weaknesses, like any other state in the United States. And I think uh, some of those weaknesses are just common ones that are shared um, by most every state uh, with, with the general, uh, you know, frustrating uh, nature of uh, managing, you know, our uh, our uh, healthcare
0: system. How would you describe your specialty as a doctor? You're a pain management specialist, or why? Wh- why would people come to see you normally? Uh, yes. So I'm a, a
1: fully comprehensive. Uh, pain management uh, specialist uh, that manages medications for patients and uh, does and performs you know, interventional uh, procedures
0: uh, to treat pain. So how did you discover CBD or how did you start integrating CBD into your practice? So uh,
1: CBD is something I've been quite interested in uh, for quite some time. And in fact, uh, really got much more familiar with it by talking to you, actually, (laughs) and, you know, speaking with you on the phone and having come, you know, visited you here in Boulder, you know, pretty much, you know, once or twice a year for the past, I don't know, 10, 10 years, you know, got to learn quite a bit. And uh, you got me quite interested and actually put me in touch um, with some people here in in Colorado. And uh, I was about to move forward with uh, some samples made uh, when I was told by my lawyer who happened to be working on for a client in Fort Wayne, Indiana, on a CBD issue as well, had informed me that actually at that point in Indiana, uh, it was uh, illegal to sell CBD in the state. However, you weirdly know if you could have it mailed from out of state into Indiana, which was legal, so that kind of put the roadblock on me pursuing it at that point. Until, of course, it then became legal in Indiana some months later, and Uh, coincidental, my lawyer had put me together with uh, uh, a company in Fort Wayne that was manufacturing uh, high-quality CBD.
0: And then once you found the company that was making the CBD products, how did you go about testing it or seeing if it might be effective?
1: So one of the first things I did was uh, I just had some personal uh, samples made um, of varying potency. Uh, One one thing I had learned uh, prior to, to getting into CBD was I think a lot of the Um, ineffectiveness associated with it was due to low dosing. So I'd had at that time made samples for 1,000, 3,000, 6,000, 9,000. I even had a 12,000 milligram sample made up. And what I learned is you don't need that much CBD. (laughs) You don't. In fact, at at the really high doses, what I found personally was that uh, you kind of would develop something called a a paradoxical effect where uh, the opposite effect would happen, uh, kind of like some patients uh, who take Ambien, which is a commonly prescribed uh, sleeping pill, will um, actually be wired and be unable to sleep. So I found that to be the case. But what I found that is that, the, you know, a 1,000 to 3,000 milligram bottles um, were about right. And, and and that CBD range, you know, varied. At that time, you know, I felt like between, you know, 50 to 100 milligrams. And, and from there, um, pretty much partnered with the company. And had more samples made, and we started, you know, selling them in the office. And population grew quite large. Uh, we saw that its effectiveness immediately. We started a study. Uh, in fact, my partner did, who also had a, a CBD product at our practice as well. And pretty large study, seven eight hundred people, which, you know, it's not small by any means. And it's it's and it's a rudimentary kind of introductory study, but. It, it it got re- approved by what's called the Investigational Research Board, which has to approve all uh, legitimate scientific studies in the United States, and it's being written up and it's poised to be published here soon. And the findings were were really interesting, at least at the level that the that the study was done. You know, a lot of the a lot of the benefits, um, you know, exceeded that of some basic opioid studies that had been done earlier. So the the data is promising, and and if you
0: look at, at other scientific journals. Um, You'll see that that's the case. So when you started testing it, was it just on, you know, normal people who might have, you know, sore hamstring or something like that? Or like, was it, you know, patients who were for the most part long-term uh, chronic pain patients? Uh, all of the above. Uh, Josh,
1: uh, great question. Sorry, I didn't uh, answer that earlier. Um, from the knee pain patient all the way up to the chronic back pain patient um, to the overly anxious patient, uh, the patient with
0: insomnia. Um, r- really, the list goes on and on. And then some of these dosing levels, What what was kind of a lower dosing level? And, like, this isn't a prescription at all for anyone that needs to take it, but just out of curiosity, kind of did you find kind of an effective starting dose and then kind of, you know, higher dosages levels that, like, might fit? Just for anybody listening who who might need a little more education? You know, what I, what I did find
1: is that the dosing range uh, varies uh, quite a bit. Um, I tell my patients, literally, uh, the dose might range between five to 200 milligrams daily. Uh, and I have patients getting good benefit at, at either, at, at, at both extremes of that spectrum. Uh, for instance, my medical assistant, she does five, maybe 10 milligrams of CBD a day. And it works um, extremely well for her uh, headaches and migraines as a preventative. And then I have a patient that actually requires 100 milligrams twice a day um, with an autoimmune condition that that does really, really well. But I find that most people need about, you know, I think a good dose is 15 to 30 milligrams, but most maybe 20 to 25, I think is a good place to start, uh, to really start noticing effects. And I think once you do, I think you can kind of, exp- kind of down titrate to see if you can find the lowest possible dose. Uh, and achieve you know, the same effect. What
0: is the autoimmune condition that the patient has that takes around a hundred milligrams? Because I'm curious why and like how CBD might work with that. You know, a variety of those conditions, or just that one specifically.
1: A variety of conditions, but she had rheumatoid arthritis, and uh, she was taking to a total of two hundred milligrams a day, actually. Um, and no, uh, it's uh, CBD is a very impressive anti-inflammatory that we now have more access to. Um, I hate to digress here, but, you know, uh, when we talk about other anti-inflammatories, we think of uh, a class of medications called NSAIDs, like ibuprofen, you know, uh, aleve, naproxen, what have you, um, which have, are far from perfect. Uh, A lot of GI irritation and cause GI bleeds, um, kidney failure, not uncommon. And we know, we've we've known, and now we know even more so with recently published studies with regards to its increased effect um, on heart attack and stroke, even with short-term usage. Uh, and then on the other end of that spectrum, we had something called prednisone or, or corticosteroids, which um, work extremely well, but uh, are, are just plagued with uh, tons of side effects, such as you know uh, diabetes, uh, rapid osteoporosis, avascular necrosis, uh, 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 various hormone uh, uh, disorders. Yeah, really, really not a great medication to stay on. So there's really nothing left in the middle you know, aside from from turmeric, um, which works really well a low inflammatory uh, diet, which should be done anyway, um, CBD came into play. And, you know, being able to have that and utilize that now as a really effective medication, one that now we've gotten patients off of opioids that have been on it for years. Uh, we've had patients got, uh, get off a class of medications called benzodiazepines uh, that you might have heard of, like Xanax, um, clonazepam, things of that nature, Valium.
0: Um, so it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting. I'm actually curious about the benzo people because um, whenever we were making this consumer-based website called Tortoise Mountain, T O R T U S M T N dot com, we were testing a lot of different products, and we ran across an individual who had moved to Boulder, and he was in a recovery program specifically because he was. Addicted to benzos, and so we found that a three thousand milligram formula was actually one of the few formulas that could even affect or even start to begin uh, the actual recovery. Is there anything about benzo patients and CBD that that you've kind of gleaned?
1: Uh, I I think one thing we've learned, and I think other uh, physicians and health practitioners that have been utilizing this have have learned as well. Is that its effect on on anxiety I, I think is you know rivals its effect on, on pain, maybe even more so getting people off benzodiazepines is extremely extremely difficult, especially if they've been on it for years. you know that sometimes can be even more problematic than getting people off of opioids yeah a uh, uh, high dosage would would definitely be good the The one issue with CBD that I have when I talk to patients about is cost and uh, Fortunately, there's a lot, of, a lot of new companies out, a lot of good competition that I think is going to benefit the consumer as we see prices drop. But I think in a perfect world, uh, 100 milligrams twice a day to be able to treat
0: a problem would be fantastic. But, you know, it could be extremely cost prohibitive for most people. So, I know with some of my marketing work at Evo Hemp, that's definitely one of their kind of flagship pieces of copy, you know, that they are trying to drop the price of CBD. Just because they realize that if they can remove different parts of the supply chain, then they can, you know, create another level of pricing that's more consumer friendly for a high quality product. Which, you know, how how would you suggest consumers go about finding a product? Because I've noticed with my freelance work at Evo Hemp that a lot of the other hemp companies that we look at and their marketing, it really has this silver bullet feel where, hey, if you have all these problems, which let's call them werewolves, CBD and our product will be the one that will decimate the werewolves. Where I think there's a reality of, you know, the way that I think about it and that I think the way consumers need to think about it is it's like the newest coffee section, ice cream section, or a supplement. And if you have two or three different turmeric supplements that you like and that your body absorbs... Then those work with you. And so I think, in a way, maybe it's having a variety of different brands that work for you and knowing the formulas and kind of the quality needs, and then also what your dosage level is. Because if you know that you need 25 milligrams to feel anything that has quality extracts in it, then, you know, when you take something at 25 milligrams, that you don't know, and then you do or don't feel it, then you can actually judge, oh, this is a good product, this is a bad product. So is there anything that you can say to help people just try to find good products, whether it's just things that have QR codes, or just, you know, something to look for in the process? Um, no, actually, I think you I think you kind
1: of answered the, the question well. Um, yeah, QR codes, of course, which is now considered a standard, and that's the little code behind products you see that you can take a picture of it you know with our uh, with the product I'm associated with it and and you know uh, all CBD products now it'll take you to a third party testing site that'll tell you exactly what's a, what's in that particular batch that's been that's been extremely helpful you know I think there's a there, there, listen there's a lot of great brands um I think more now than ever uh just make sure you're not getting a bad one I think, you know, places where that do reviews, you know, like, for instance, uh, I know that, you know, for instance, your tortoise mountain site, extremely helpful. Um, that's probably, you know, you know, trusted places like that are a, are a good place to start or, you know, word of mouth. Um, I think sometimes starting with an isolate initially is a good idea in terms of tolerance. You know, we see one of the most common side effects we see with CBD, which, by the way, is, is, is infrequent, uh, our GI side effects that sometimes uh we see a lot more of with with the full spectrum blend with the with the additional veg, you know veg, vegetative matter you know in there so
0: that makes sense so then even an isolate brand cuz i think some people even have started kind of the east coast west coast thing where they're like i do isolate i don't do isolate based products i only do full spectrum i only do broad spectrum and i think that's a really good piece of information because you know when you're starting you want a product that you can see if it works and if it works then you can keep going down the rabbit hole so to speak and then also isolate products are one of the few products that if you work for the veterans administration as a medical professional or if you work in the coast guard or if you're in the service in the navy army marines or any of the other um you know military services that isolate based products will allow you to pass a drug test and so you can still get all the benefits of you know the newest fish oil or the newest version of turmeric this wonderful anti-inflammatory but then you won't suffer any of the consequences you know when you get into the full spectrum reality then you do have to know that you know the lab testing is important because it'll allow you to know that that product comes from industrial hemp And then that it's under the 0.3 limit that most states kind of honor. There are some states that do Uh, 1.1% and below, but it's very few. And so I think, you know, that's what that's for. And so I think. And then also, how would you suggest people if they do like the Isolate product, how do they stage up and try to find like another one? Because there's even some products made with a spagyric extract. There's other products that are made with a CO2 extract. There's others with an ethanol. And so it's, you know, I think everyone has a unique uh, offering or a unique set of benefits for the end user.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, a lot of products too, well, if they offer an isolate, oftentimes they'll they'll have a full spectrum options. So that's, that's usually not a bad place to start. Um, I think one thing that I'm looking at it kind of from the outside in, unlike yourself, that I think that's positive right now with with, with the growing market is that it appears that companies are pretty transparent. Um, I feel like uh, on their websites and being able to contact them and find out, you know, you know, what their process is. And and, and it's like a lot of things. Um, everyone Everyone's body's different. You know, I know in medicine, we'll have, you know, a generic medication and there'll be five different companies that make the same generic medication but for whatever reason patients will, will 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 realize that certain manufacturers don't work on them or certain manufacturers will give them side effects and i think i think that'll play itself out the same way you know in in the cbd
0: space so one unique thing about where you're located is you're located in indiana which i think you know, compared to Colorado, there's just a different reality because we have medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, and industrial hemp. Very true. So could you talk a little bit about that, what that is like being in Indiana and kind of, you know, how that helped the market develop or or, or even what specifics developed within Indiana that were kind of unique to it?
1: it, it it's a world away from Colorado in, in every sense of the word with regards to cannabis However, what's what's interesting is that if you talk to the average person on the street, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, of any political persuasion, by and large, cannabis seems to be something people agree about with regards to full decriminalization. Um, now, with when we start talking about legislature, there that's that doesn't seem to reflect uh, the wants and 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 uh, uh, the desires of the people. They they've been a, a bit. Um, regressive uh, with cannabis. Um, Just us having CBD legalized here recently um, was a big win and then here again recently we had the farm bill pass which allowed us to grow hemp Um, uh, was a really really big step forward. I do see medical marijuana happening in Indiana uh, we hope maybe in the next two years. And when I say that, responsible medical marijuana, not, you know, medical disguised as recreational. Or, you know, recreational disguised as medical, excuse me. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. that's very, very real. Um, Like Colorado, I think we have to deal with more California and then, you know, other hemp states like Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting is, can you talk about how Indiana and Kentucky are kind of working together in a way just because of that geographical you know closeness
1: yeah absolutely in fact uh we, we uh pure stasis the company that i that i work with um sources their hemp from from kentucky just you know just some hours away um hopefully here um, but then it's processed and then it's bottled and manufactured in fort wayne which is legal um so now that the the farm bill is passed we hope to you know to be able to do all of that
0: you know in the state perhaps even in fort wayne can you talk a little bit about Pure Stasis and then talk about the development and then, you know, how long ago it started and then what kind of things you're seeing as like the company grows and then even what kind of product offerings?
1: Um, it's been pretty exciting. You know, I, I, I was able to, to get involved with them through, uh, our mutual friend and, and, and uh, attorney, uh, Scott Frederick and we are Scott Federoff, excuse me. And, uh, we just kind of had this at this the timing was right. we both were kind of looking for each other, I think, and we decided to move forward and there are some other investors that got involved and and started to move forward with with kind of getting Pure stasis to the next level. I know the the founders of Pure stasis um have done a really amazing job coming out with products and, and having new ideas for for more products along the way you know from
0: really to service many, many different markets. I think that's important too because we are in a weird space where, you know, I think the hemp market as much as everybody wants to develop it nationally, it starts state by state. And then within that state you kind of develop your retail placement and then the the online sales and and this community around the product and the culture of the brand. And in this case, it's pure stasis. And then so knowing that because you're basically first out of the gate, you also have a unique opportunity to create offshoot brands that fit for different marketplaces that might not be connected to the original brand. And, and I think that's just a really interesting thing because, for example, if you think about it, if it was like Johnson & Johnson, for example, that might take a company three years to figure out. But within a year to two years, companies are, already figu- companies are already figuring out that their unique positioning is allowing them to, you know, create even more products and even more companies, brands, and, and, and all of that. So I think that, that's interesting.
1: I think it is interesting,
0: Josh, and I think you nailed it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what's happening. Tell me about Pure Stasis and its growth you, you guys sell it at the offices
1: we, we do sell it at, at uh, my personal uh, at, at the practice that I work at um, we sell it at uh, a large chain of gas stations um, we sell it at uh, certain health food stores as of right now we have i think a few hundred actual locations in growing um, we, we expect to grow quite rapidly here as we start to uh,
0: white label um for some rather big purchases or purchase orders. What else would you like to talk about? Because I think I got all the questions I got wanted answered. So like I'm curious about. I know you do other things to support the Fort Wayne community, like the Medical Minute uh, on the news. So like could you talk about maybe you know educating people? Because it's not just seeing patients in the office, but you got to do a lot more. Like you know help be part of a CBD brand and then also do the education. Yeah, that's that was just something with the, that purestasis, um, and I
1: got together to do just you know a quick minute just to just briefly educate people about CBD, um,
0: which has been pretty uh, pretty effective actually. What station is it on for anybody who lives in Fort Wayne or anybody who might want to check a clip out online? I, I
1: believe it's on Fox Twenty Three. I could be wrong. Nice. Just just Google Medical Minute.
0: Medical Minute Fox yeah. Twenty Three Fort Wayne Indiana.
1: All right. Thanks for having me, Josh.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say just to close it out? You know, like um, maybe even your hopes for the future of CBD or like what what you think might, you know.
1: I don't think it's a really uh, crazy thought. And it's probably shared much more by people that live here than myself that, you know, the direction. CBD is, is one of those movements, I think, in just commerce. And healthcare, that is historic. Uh, the shift that's happening with this with this particular uh, medicine, this nutraceutical, you know, being introduced to the market and to the public is is, is literally it's historic. It's huge. Uh, we're we're seeing a shift away from you know NSAIDs. We'll see people taking. Uh, CBD I mean we're going to see less use of prescription medications we're going to see less use of opioids we're going to see we're going to see a lot a lot of, we're going to see a lot of things you know you know perhaps we'll, I think we'll see a calmer society and healthier society as
0: out there as that may sound but I think that's possible I think we're going to ask Hari again to be on the podcast maybe with some updates from the front lines of being a doctor in pain management I just want to say thank you to Hari for stopping by on his vacation to boulder and doing a podcast we really appreciate all the knowledge and all the experiences that you've shared with us thank you thanks josh